Let's Cover That podcast is brought to you by CM&F Group, professional liability services for over 200 healthcare professions. Visit our website at cmfgroup.com slash podcast for more info. Hey, everyone. Will Sullivan here with another episode of Let's Cover That with my co-host. Antonina Agruza. And today we have with us Bridget Gannon, a psychiatric nurse and entrepreneur. Bridget is the co-founder of Lavender and the founder of Ivy Psychiatry. Bridget, we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Bridget, tell us a little bit about your background in healthcare and what led you to found these two great companies. Hmm. Well, I kind of had a non-traditional um, journey towards nursing. I actually um, st- I got a bachelor's in dance at Wesleyan University. Um, where I just was there in Connecticut uh, for my 15-year college reunion this weekend, uh, which was pretty hilarious. Everything is the same, um, except you're all a lot older. And um, I graduated in 2008, which was the height of the economic financial collapse. And I, to be honest with you, like needed a skill set that where I could pay my bills. My parents sat me down and said, you know, we're not rich. You need to get a job and you need an actual professional skill set. So I spent a full year going back to school, getting all my science prereqs and becoming a registered nurse. Um, And it was kind of a natural transition for me because as a dancer, I always took a lot of um, autonomy and control over my health and really believed in the mind-body connection. Um, And nurses are very holistic, right? They, They think that like healthcare is on a continuum and there's a lot of things that affect your health, where you live, what you eat, the people around you, your mental health. So I felt very um, connected to nursing from the beginning. Um, yeah. And what's so cool about nursing is that you meet a nurse and you meet another nurse and they're totally different from each other, right? So you can be at the bedside or you can be in the boardroom or you can run companies. So there's so many different um, opportunities in nursing, which was also really exciting for me. Yeah, so it, so Bridget, how did how did that kind of shape you as you shifted into founding your own companies? Yeah, in, into there. I, you know, I don't come from a family of business owners, so I'm not. You know, a lot of business owners have parents that own businesses or grandparents that own businesses, and I never um, knew there was no examples of business owners in my life. But I think I've always liked creating things and having a lot of control over things happening the way I want them to happen. And that's kind of what's fun, especially in your first few years of owning a business, you're the the main decision maker. So um, you get to dream things and actually make them happen. Um, And I've also always been like a very fast decision maker. Um, And that's, you know, I'd worked in the public sector for a long time. And when you work in nonprofits in the public sector, things happen very slowly. Um, so I wanted to be able to start a business and and you know, kind of, I'm a quick start start make things happen faster. Um, yeah. And once you start, you know, once you work for yourself, it's very hard to work for other people. Um, so. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs and nurses have that experience. It's kind of hard to go backwards. Can you tell us a little bit about how IV psychiatry came to be and what it is and how that led you into Lavender? 
Yeah, IV Psychiatry is a group of about 20 psychiatric nurse practitioners that provide consultation services to nursing homes. Um, so for those that don't know, nursing homes um, tend not to have like an in-house psychiatrist or therapist or psych NP. It's all provided by a consultation-based model, um, even though there are a lot of mental health issues in the nursing home, right? As people get older, they are at more at risk for depression and anxiety. There's a lot of social isolation in nursing homes. So there's actually a tremendous need for mental health services and support. So I had always been really interested in geriatrics. I had a really close relationship with my grandparents. Um, and I was always, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about how we treat our elders. We tend to kind of discard them in the United States. Um, and I think that there's a lot of room for opportunity to um, treat our elders who provide, hold all the wisdom of the world with more respect and love and care. Um, so I started working for a psychiatrist doing um, consultation work in nursing homes. And um, after a few years, I thought to myself, the first step was I thought to myself, why don't I do this myself? Um, and bill Medicare and Medicaid directly and see what that experience was like. And then when I did that for a year, I thought to myself, um, why don't I hire a nurse practitioner to work under me? Um, because I kept getting asked for by nursing homes if I could provide more care, but there's only one of me, so I couldn't do that. So I was like, oh, why don't I train another psych NP? Um, and it's interesting how things evolve because you – you think to yourself, like, going out on my own is enough, and then adding one person to my team is enough, and then it just kind of evolved, and now there's 20, 20 psych MPs that provide care at Ivy. But um, I'm really proud of that work because our psych MPs um, are really able to fill a gap, um, and we are able to get mental health support and care to nursing home residents who, like I said, are really especially after COVID are really disproportionately suffering from a lot of mental health challenges and need a lot of support right now. Well, it's also, you know, part of, you know, the analysis from the mental health standpoint too, in those type of facilities is just, you know, the different insurances, not even reimbursement, but even for the individual patient for, you know, long-term care insurance and, you know, verifying like these are the needs this person has. It's evolved and family members are usually on the outside of that. They don't see the day to day. So it's even meaningful, not just for helping with the isolation factors, but just overall, like continuing to have enough funding to get yeah. these patients the care they need physically too, which is amazing. And so, so when you took on this role with the first NP, just curious, I mean, it's almost like you take on this preceptor role and you kind of bring somebody else as this additional entrepreneur in with you. How how did your mindset shift from like you individually to the next person to now 20? How, how did that evolve? And as has your tactic of onboarding evolved as an entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of turnover in my first two years at Ivy Psychiatry because I didn't I don't think I knew how to interview people. I don't think I knew how to really check references. I don't think I really knew how to onboard um, so we had a lot of turnover in the beginning. Um, and, you know, I think that you make a lot of mistakes and when you have to be open to learning from them, um, and you have to also be open to taking time to reflect on where you are and how you got there and make sure that you continue to do the things that are working, but then stop doing the things that are not working. Um, so one thing that I noticed is that we didn't have 
a robust enough onboarding um, kind of formal process for nurse practitioners. So now at Ivy, all our NPs are have a four four week very intense onboarding experience where they shadow and are mentored or mentored by a psych NP that's more experienced than them. And that's really important because if you've never worked in a nursing home before, um, it's a very different kind of place to work, right? There's a lot of kind of micro cultures within within the nursing home. Every kind of floor is different. Um, you have to kind of figure out who your allies are. Um, so really that four-week onboarding process is kind of like socializing nurses into working in a nursing home as a consultant. Yeah. And then when I first started IV, there was really no onboarding um, program, which is probably why we had a lot of turnover. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And how does that differ from your work uh, in Lavender? Hmm. Um, Lavender is an online psychiatry and therapy office. And so we, we, we do take commercial insurance, but it's mostly kind of the worried well. So it's 18 to 35 working professionals. Um, and I would say it's really different because we're a remote team, um, which is a whole different ball game. So we do also have an onboarding, um, and mentorship program, um, but it's done virtually. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting working really closely with people that you've never met before. Um, and similarly, all our care is provided to patients that our nurse practitioners have never met before. Um, so there's some positives to that, right? Like people, it's more convenient to them for patients. Um, they get to be in their own home. So they're more relaxed. You get to see into their world. So you can kind of like, does this, does their bedroom look messy? Does it look clean? Are there people coming in and out? Does it seem very chaotic? Um, but somebody could also make the argument that something is lo- something could be lost when you're not in person with somebody. Yeah, so it's, it's very different than IV, very different population and, and obviously a very different setting. So it's interesting because you kind of have like the brick and mortar capability, but you're also future facing with the telehealth component. And so where, where do you kind of see you know, I'll kind of put it generally, like, where do you see you evolving as an entrepreneur with these two kind of businesses unfolding? Yeah. Well, for Ivy, I have Natalie Avion, who's my director of psychiatry now, and she runs Ivy and does all the onboarding, all the the interviewing, provides all the clinical leadership. So it's been really fun to be able to step back and just focus on strategy and have somebody kind of run to run the day-to-day operations. With Lavender, I'm very much deeply involved every day in the work. Um, and I, I think what we have found at Lavender, which has been really interesting, is that people are not yet ready for fully asynchronous care. So they want to talk to us on the phone. They don't want it when they book appointments. They don't want to text. They don't want to email. Um, I think with mental health in particular, I don't know if people are fully ready for totally asynchronous or totally remote care. It's not right for everybody. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with like AI, you know, I was just talking to someone the other day who was saying that there's going to be capabilities with AI where you can speak to somebody that looks like us, that looks like fully human, and we'll be able to do psychotherapy with people, um, which is a little terrifying because obviously 
that's going to displace a lot of jobs. But I think in mental health in particular, there's such a shortage of providers um, that can provide mental health care. You know, it might not be a bad, bad thing if we figure out how to support people in different ways. Um, but yeah, I think the human aspect, I, I think that telehealth is, is good for some people, but I don't think in-person care and brick and mortar is going to go completely away anytime soon. That's my sense. Yeah, I think that's a really great insight and leads me to the next question I wanted to ask you, which is, what do you think are the biggest hurdles today in the mental health realm and just getting access to care? Insurance, for sure. It's, it's, there's such a desperate demand for mental health care. Therapists and psychiatrists and psych NPs do not have to take commercial insurance. They can start a practice and they can post themselves up on psychology today, not take insurance, and people will find a way to pay for care. Their families will find a way to pay for care. So um, it's, and it's very difficult. I mean, you guys both know this, taking insurance is much harder than having a private pay practice, right? There's a delay in payment from commercial payers. You have to be credentialed. You have to have cash in the bank, right? You don't get paid immediately after you see a patient. You have to wait sometimes 90 to 120 days um, to be paid. So you know, when I started IV, I lived off my credit cards for a full year because I had, you know, I didn't have, I was waiting for Medicare to pay me. So I think that is one of the biggest challenges is um, figuring out a way to support providers, mental health providers and taking insurance um, so that it's easier for them to like operate a business. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what, what you're doing with it. And especially, you know, the perspective that you have which I think through COVID, a lot of people, you know, in the healthcare professions have developed, okay, this is the track you go, or this is the track you go. You know, you do all brick and mortar or you do all telehealth. And that's even with offices, you, you know, outside of healthcare versus patient interaction. But so what, what do you see as kind of the next milestone or, or big ticket items that you're just excited about for, for yourself and your teams? I have lots of dreams. Um, I really would like to make a nurse practitioner fellowship or residency um, at Lavender. So um, psych NPs graduate um, from their programs and they are ready to see patients, but they they also could really benefit from some more training and education. Um, so I would love for us to make some sort of fellowship to support nurse practitioners and transition transitioning to practice. Um, I would also love to have like a philanthropic board at Lavender and be more involved in supporting community organizations. Before I started IV, I worked at a homeless shelter for five years. So I used to be very deeply involved in community work. Um, and, you know, as you guys know, like the homelessness crisis is getting worse and worse and people are really struggling. And I really believe that if you house people, they will get better, that housing is healthcare. Um, so I'd love to someday be, find a way to be more involved in working in shelter again, even if it's indirectly and just like financially supporting shelter. I do a lot of dream boarding. I would like anybody who's listening, you guys should, I'm all about the dream boarding. I think it's really fun. You can like print, print out pictures of yourself, like in, in you know, vintage fancy cars and like stick it on the dream board. And like, you know, I, 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 ha I have to look at my dream board and see what's on there. But um, yeah, any entrepreneurs out there, or people who are thinking of starting a business, like it's supposed to be fun. And um, yeah, I would, I would say like dream really big. 
you know, every few years I had dreams that I didn't think I would ever be able to achieve. And I did. So, um, yeah, it's, it's America. There's a lot of, a lot of opportunity there for people. Absolutely. Well, Bridget, before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to share? Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I don't think so. I mean, just that CMF is the best. They like were super instrumental. I'm serious. They were like so instrumental in um, me starting IV psychiatry. Like I didn't even like know how to get a group malpractice plan. When you start a business, you know, no one teaches you how to do this in nursing school, right? So like you're like on Facebook and YouTube and you're like trying to figure it out. And everybody at CMS is really helpful in terms of, you know, telling me how to get a group insurance plan that would cover all my nurse practitioners. And um, I'm just like super grateful for their partnership. You're very lucky for their support because you can't have a business without malpractice. (laughs) That would be like step one. Right. <laughs> Don't have a business without malpractice coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's well, it's a privilege to serve and, and kind of help out with whatever we because that's the whole point of the business is do our really small part, which is insurance. And as to your point, it's kind of the afterthought, but probably a primary step in yeah. the process to the entrepreneurial nature. But it's, um, you know, just kind of come being able to do that and give prominence and just peace of mind for like what you're doing. So you can go out and do those things that are necessary. It's like the mental health crisis is just everywhere. Like the mental, you know, the homeless shelter, like you're saying, and if those are the type of dreams that we're able to support with like our small piece, it's just, that's what gives us, you know, really like the passion to do what we do, even though it's the boring piece of insurance and nobody yeah. wants to talk about that. Yeah. Although I think it's more interesting than reimbursements, yeah. health insurance, <laughs> yeah. um, and probably not as difficult. So, but yeah. it's uh, no, the w- wonderful work that you're doing, Bridget, and just thank you so much for uh, joining us. Awesome. And thank you for always, I feel like CMF has always um, really supported, like, as they say, mid-level, I hate that word, but mid-level providers, right? Like PAs and NPs. So um, that's, you know, that's, it's a good niche to be in. And we, we're growing profession. There's more and more of us every year. So we appreciate that. We appreciate you and we appreciate your time today, Bridget. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's another episode. Let's cover that.